When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There's so many podcasts. I talk about this all the time. I mean, there's just podcast after podcast. But I've been here a lot longer than most of these podcasts, Ryan. Admit it. I understand, yes. I started out, I mean, there was nobody listening. And not that there's tons of people. I mean, it's good listening. It's good following. It's good. The year of our Lord, 2018. It was quite a while ago. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, I think during COVID, all of a sudden, everybody started a podcast. Look at all this podcast, right? And, and the fact that you guys still are listening to me is awesome because uh, I have a job. And uh, Ryan has a job. Bryce has a job. And Jason has a job. And I enjoy doing it. And uh, I feel like I'm getting better at it. I really do. I feel like I'm more comfortable than I've ever been. Well, but have you got 10,000 hours yet? No. I guess you have however many I'm hours. I'm not a of- pilot, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've interviewed probably 250 people. Yeah, 250 interviews on the podcast. Plus, we did uh, some repeats. Yeah, some repeats. But still, it was still an interview. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm not. I'm just saying. Thank you for listening. Our handles are at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Inside of You Pod. It certainly helps when you follow us, and more importantly, it's important to write a review if you like the podcast. It makes us jump up in the charts. That's what reviews do. Helps the podcast, and you can watch on YouTube. Um, I think we've got 200,000 subscribers. Cool on inside of you and the clips channel has over a hundred and something thousand and uh it's exciting it's cool it's like uh I, I didn't think it would even get to this place and so thanks westwood one thanks ryan bryce um jason and my guests my guests who keep coming uh we have a great guest today by the way we'll be in dallas this coming saturday and sunday citing autographs tom welling and i um at the creation con with jensen ackles and jared padalecki from supernatural um i might get up and sing loud and swain's playing um Saturday night, we have a Smallville Nights event. Me and Tom reading scripts, prizes. You don't want to miss it. Trust me. Uh, we've been doing it a lot now, probably 30 times. And we haven't had one person ever not like it. It's always everybody is so happy and have so much fun. And if they don't, then I wouldn't be doing it. So get tickets to the event. You can go on my Twitter uh, at Michael Rosenbaum. I was locked out. Yeah, that was a whole saga. It was. And I, you know what's funny is I was like, oh, shit, I need it back because, you know, you have a lot of people know what your, you know, your podcast is doing and, you know, and, and your work and life. And, and then uh, I finally just kind of gave up. I go, eh, I'm just done with Twitter. I just I got a new account, whatever. Doesn't have as many, obviously, as many followers. And, um, and then uh, this girl, Julia McNiven, an actress, mm-hmm. great actress, and mm-hmm. she texts me and says, hey, old friend, I saw that you were hacked. Um, I know somebody. And I go, okay. And then that somebody called me or texted me, and then I text them, and they got in touch with somebody. And the next thing I know, within forty-eight hours, it was, it was done. Megan, Megan Hubble, Megan Hubble really helped me. Megan, you rock. So I got the. Uh, it's a pain in the ass when things get hacked because yeah. they're going. We need your email to verify. I go well. They obviously took it when mm-hmm. I hit the link, so they changed the email. So I don't. Ha- I what, and there was. I was this state of looping. I was in a loop. Is that what we call it? Yeah. It was, uh, it was, anyway, it was inconvenient. 
definition of insanity. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Um, but anyway, Dallas, uh, also, if you want to go to the Inside You online store, we've got great stuff. I've got the the new ship keys autographed, mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, Clark's ship that Lex takes the key. And so uh, Smallville scripts, Lexmas, we have those. Those are a big hit. And a bunch of other stuff, uh, figures and, and Inside You mugs and tumblers. And all that stuff. So if you want to go there. And also, of course, the album, sunspin.com. You can get our new album. It just came out two weeks ago. We uh we're we're everywhere. Um, Spotify, Apple. But if you want to buy the CD, I think it's in iTunes, or you, you can get the CD on uh, sunspin.com along with uh, uh cool merch. Uh, we had a real successful uh, stage it show and we performed virtually live. It was pretty awesome. And so thanks for all your support doing that. And uh, obviously, the Talkville podcast is 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 doing all right, and we have a good time doing that. So thanks for supporting that. Um, and that really about does it. Um, thank you so much. And Zach Levi is here. This is a good one. I got him to cry. I didn't. I don't want to say I got him to cry. I just we 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 got really deep. I mean, this was. You're gonna love this conversation. I, Jason was here. You weren't here for this interview. I was not. And Jason was. I, I really think like wow. Zach is really <clears throat> a really bright guy, and he there's something that's said here that you'll when you guys watch or listen that really affected me. I forgot I was being interviewed or interviewing someone, and it just made perfect sense. It was about family and stuff like that. So, listen, it's a great interview. I love it. He's got the new Shazam coming out. He's got so many other things coming out. Um, he's got his book, um, Radical Love, that you got to check out. Um, he also has the audio book for that. So you can hear his voice while you're listening. And, uh, I love him. I love him. He's a really great friend of mine and I'm glad to have him on the podcast. So let's get inside of Zach Levi. It's my point of view. You're listening to inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio. Did you ever see... You're yawning already. You're yawning. Uh, I'm already. trying to actually pop my ears. Are you? But I'm also. But I also have a little yawny in me. Yeah. Did you ever listen? <laughs> and, not, to, and not the cello playing one. Did you ever listen to yawny? No. I never either. I mean, I'm that. sure I've heard yawny played on I, like I, I, no some mall rate, you know, <laughs> of music or like in a muzak in an elevator. But I've Muzak. never like gone out of my way to listen to yawny, which is not to say the man is not talented. Could you could or, you could you pin out or pick out uh, if you're listening to music in an elevator in a mall and you heard Kenny G? Uh, could you uh, could you? Oh, that's Kenny G for sure. I think there are probably <laughs> one or two tracks tracks one or two songs that would spark some kind of uh, you know because like you know not too long ago well I don't know actually decades now that we think about it um but you know there were commercials for Kenny G and like you know so oh, yeah. you would hear them you would hear the various you know songs that he would play but without lyrics it's very difficult <laughs> like other than like Claire de Lune or whatever like it's very difficult for me to like listen to a non uh vocalized song and be like oh I know that song you know I know that track right I'm trying to uh find some kenny g yeah of course uh and i think this it's is a the tale one. as old as time Rosenberg. isn't this the one that everybody knows um i love that indiana jones figurine it's so good you like that yeah sure. well it's it's just really well done i mean like all the little details and the craftsmanship and it actually genuinely looks like harrison ford's face as opposed to a lot of other figurines it's that, true that just you know they they 
They they with with faces oftentimes, you know. I mean it's like sometimes they get it right. No. This is not Kenny that's G. Not, Kenny G doesn't talk. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Sure, that one. But then he but, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. It's like now that's mash. <laughs> no, no, that's mash. Smash. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oh, uh, but wow. Yeah. Anyway, we were, you and I were talking about. Uh, we were talking. <laughs> what about, were we talking about? Well, before conventions. The, yeah. Right. Con, well, we were talking about conventions before mm-hmm. this, and mm-hmm. you were talking about how when you started doing conventions, signing autographs and stuff, you're doing Chuck, and you yeah. felt like you went there and it was fine, and the fans are great, and blah blah. You went somewhere in England, Birmingham, England. Yeah. Birmingham. Birmingham. Don't you ever, <laughs> ever, and and ultimately you were like, you know, I'm gonna wait till I I've done more. Well, yeah. Look, ultimately. <clears throat> yes, I. Prior to doing Chuck, I had only really done like one thing, which was this show, Less Than Perfect, which was a multi-camera sitcom that I did on ABC. That's actually when you and I. Well, no, I met you. I mean, dang, I met you when I was like nineteen or something. You don't even remember, but it was a, it was bowling. You used to do bowling on like That's Mondays or Tuesday over nights over in Studio City. Yeah, at Pins with Tom Lennon. And were you with that group? Tom well, Lennon, Michael, Ian Black, and... Uh, I knew Allie Hillis. Remember Allie Hillis? No. No. I'm pretty sure that was her name. Um, but I met I met some people like coming down and auditioning. I didn't even live in LA at the time. I still lived in Ventura with my parents. But I would come down and I, you know, on all the auditions and stuff, you'd meet people, friends, whatever. And uh, and this girl, Allie, was like, yeah, you should come. I go to this bowling night at Pins and this guy, you know, Michael Rosenbaum and all that stuff. And I, and I knew who you were from the work that you had already done. And Which was like, wasn't oh, a lot. No, but I mean, you were a working actor. I was, I mean, I Zoe was Duncan, Jack and Jane and, yeah. what, you know, all, all the things, whatever. Um, and uh, so anyway, yeah. So but but then right after around and then when I was 21, I, I booked Less Than Perfect. And so from 2002 to 2005, I did this sitcom. But, you know, sitcoms, that's not a convention work. I mean, right. actually, nowadays, it's like almost anything can go to a convention. It's really kind of crazy. Not crazy bad, just interesting how it's all evolved. But mostly sci-fi. But mostly sci-fi genre fantasy. Marvel, yeah, DC things that of. have some kind of a, you know, conne- at least a connection to that world. Right, right. But anyway, so <clears throat> so I'd only really done that, and then I was doing Chuck, and then right, and then Chuck tied into that because it's nerd culture and sci-fi culture and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I got invited to Birmingham to go to this uh, convention called Star Fury, and I had a lovely time and met not just wonderful fans but also friends. I mean, Felicia Day and I became friends there. Miracle Lori uh, and I became friends there. Um, but. Uh, but I I realized what, oh and also we got to this it was really is funny because there was a campaign going on for Chuck at the time I think because I think it was like the sec, end of the second season or something and there was a big fan campaign to like save the show Subway was one of our main sponsors and even like product placement tie-ins we had it on the show all the time it, it, I liked it, it was a really good product placement in that we just leaned into it it was right. so like winking to the audience how about that foot long you know as opposed to like trying to make it subtle and like as, as if it's a part of natural dialogue in a show to talk about any product for that matter right and we don't get paid for the commercial anyway um but but it was really fun because there was a subway literally around the corner the the the, the uh, campaign was happening like right then that weekend because the finale was was airing and somebody told me there was a subway around the corner and i was like and and adam and i we had already done one panel adam baldwin adam baldwin thank you you're very good uh who was the illustrious casey on chuck um we had already done one panel 
and, and it wasn't that small, uh, that, that big of a convention. So like everybody who was at the convention who wanted to go to the panel basically already saw the panel and we had one other panel. And I said, I said, well, what if we just like, what if we just like, instead of doing the panel, what if we just invited everybody to go to Starbucks or to, uh, Subway. to Subway? And I did, I just said, Hey, uh, so the, the footlong finale is going on right now. We've already talked about all the things we can talk about. Who wants to go get a sandwich? And we, and I marched everyone. How many this. people marched with you to Subway? A hundred? Uh, maybe about that. Maybe about that. And 100? they all went and stood in Bro, line? the ants go marching one by one, hurrah, all the way from the convention center, all the way. And it, it was close. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, far, far, far away, but we had to like walk across this like, you know, I don't know, business center kind of area. You sidewalks. were Rocky, essentially. Bro, we Rocky. We Rockied <laughs> all the way up those steps. And then, and then we had a mat. By the way, the, the, the poor people at Subway had, we, we gave, we tried to give them a heads up, but they were still not prepared for the amount of people that were, they were about to get hit with. And so it, because it was, moving as slowly as it was i was like yo let me let me get back there so i started making sandwiches with the sandwich artists by the way i became a sandwich artist for a day wow i know i know um but anyway so i say all that to say it was a really memorable and lovely time i I, i'm so glad that i did it but one of the things that dawned on me in that in that weekend was i don't really have a lot to talk about i don't have a resume i don't have a i don't have a career in this particular world sci-fi genre fantasy Mm -hmm. nerd culture whatever um to sit at a table not that i wasn't worthy anybody's worthy of going and sitting at that table if you've been invited or whatever and you want to go sit there but to me i felt like i want to go build a bit more of this stuff so that they'll come back so when people come to the table they have multiple things that they might have enjoyed of of mine and it, and tangled. it makes tangled and shazam, and shazam sure yeah and it, the, the football movie the Kurt, well, uh, american underdog american yes. underdog but, but that's not really i mean by the way people still do come to conventions and have me sign their little rams helmets sure. and stuff. so again conventions transcend even genre at this point yeah. they're really just their entertainment conventions often mm-hmm. you know not that genre or or sci-fi and all that stuff doesn't still take you know the lion's share of what all of it all of it is and and rightfully so um, but yeah, I mean, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I mean, like all these, the random things that I've done, you've done a shit ton of stuff since Chuck. Well, I've done, I've, done, I've, I've done a good amount of things since Chuck, but, and even during Chuck, but anyway, the point is all right. those things apply to the experience and therefore make it a more enjoyable experience for the fan and for myself. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's why well, I, I agree. I agree. It's, it's definitely, but that makes a, per, it's a perfect reason. That's why you took a hiatus 10 years and then sort of like, okay, now I have a bunch of stuff and yeah. I think, you know, it's. It's just it's just more to talk about exactly different projects yeah. i could i don't feel like i'm just talking about the same thing over and over i think that's smart and now you're at a place where you know you're a big movie star and things have changed you, I'm, I'm, you I'm haven't trying. changed I'm trying, baby no you haven't I, changed i hope not I you don't know what's good so. though especially since you know 2007 was chuck chuck ended when 2012 2012 yeah but since 12 you, you got to think from 12 to now 10 years mm-hmm. Like how much you've changed in how much do you think you've changed mentally in terms of mental health? Oh, certainly. Well, I mean, listen, I, I hope I, you know, to your comment before, I I hope I haven't changed at all when it comes to whatever the good, the good, like with any of us, I hope that none of the good qualities in us change. Yeah. The good qualities, hopefully not only never change, but only become more polished and 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 more capable of 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 creating more positivity in your own life and the lives of those around you um but yeah i also hope we very much change 
with all the other stuff. And to that point, I mean, dude, I, it's, I'm a, I am the same person and I am a completely different person when it comes to mental and emotional well-being and understanding of my mental and emotional health, you know? Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, all the things we've talked about on this very podcast before, you know, the journey of all of it, the, you've uh, been on the most, by the way, you have, you're the, you, uh, what's the word you sur you surpassed, surpassed, uh, uh, Amel, Eclipsed. Stephen Amel and Ooh. Tom Welling. Ooh. You are, I think this Sucka. is, the, I think this is the fifth or sixth. Five. Five. This is five. Yeah. I think. I could well, we also, the, we add, if you want to add to that part one that we had the therapist, our therapist come on and talk with oh, us yeah. where you came on for like yeah, 10 yeah. minutes. Okay. So, so maybe yeah, six. Maybe six. Sort of six. But five anyway. With an asterisk. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told I me found, i got rocket money okay i found one it i'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on but thank you for finding it <laughs> my god it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah because it's like you want to watch some show and you go oh, i have to subscribe to this uh this streaming uh, whatever mm -hmm. and you you start streaming the show you watch it you leave and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month it's, it is embarrassing Ugh. you know 75 percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about before i started using rocket money i thought i had you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. And I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. If you had to pinpoint like or one specific thing, and maybe this is too vague and you'll have to elaborate on it. But what has changed mostly in the last 10 years for you um, in terms of your mental well-being? What is the one thing that you notice you're just stronger about, maybe handling things, handling life? We'll get into your yeah, – I know your dad is sick right now yeah. and Instagram. and yeah. So it's like – I guess why I'm asking this question is because I know we've talked about it. And you know, you post and you're asking for prayers and everybody's sending prayers, yeah. including me to your yeah, father. Thank you. And thank you to everybody out there who has been so awesome and so supportive and so loving and, you know, and really um, thoughtful and intentional and selfless in those moments, whatever moments that you guys can, can, can share. And ultimately, you know, I think just a tangent really quickly, I think prayer is a, is a beautiful thing. Even if at the end of the day, the thing that we are earnestly asking for and hoping for does not necessarily manifest the intention behind it all taking a moment taking that moment and being of service in your energy in your spirit in your heart in your mind outside of you that is good for you You. it is good for them it is good for us as a collective and there really is i believe energetically and there's so much science behind this too i don't know if you're familiar with um dr joe dispenza or people like dr Joe Dispenza. do you know them I know of them. I, I mean, I've, I've checked I want to get stuff. Joe Dispenza on the podcast. He's so oh, amazing. Man. Yeah, yeah, he's a really interesting cat. I've never, I, I, I don't like follow him intently. I have one of his books. I have yet to get through, um, but I bring him up because I think that he is a representative of a very real thing, which is energetic kind of manifestation, which by the way, is prayer. That it, it's all the same thing. This yeah. thing that for, you know, eons for thousand millennia, we as human beings have had this practice of prayer of collective, like intention setting and believing faith in like, this thing's going to happen and mind over matter. And if you do that intently enough and truly enough, you know, Jesus in the Bible talks about faith, the size of a mustard seed, like, but that, but real faith, we all, you know, to believe, like, I believe this could happen as opposed to that shit's happening. Like there's a difference in that. And the people that do that the most effectively literally fucking do miraculous things. They Mm -hmm. change their own body chemistry. They're able to help others change their body chemistry. But our ability to think our way, and I know it sounds like pseudoscience nonsense, and trust me, I'm I'm not an expert on any of this, but I fully, fully believe, because the data does. I mean, Dispenza has real data. He, 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 they put monitors on people, they test their bloods and all these things. And there are people that you can see very clearly that are transitioning 
functioning from a very unhealthy mind, heart, spirit, body, and you see all the man, all the bad stuff manifesting in their body because they're bad thought process. I believe all that. And then if you have a good it. thought process, you can manifest the good things. So anyway, prayer though, for all those uh, of the more religious side of what manifesting is. And you're is, not like, you're not a big advocate for organized religion and all that. You're more about. Uh, no. You're no, not at yeah, all. No, so not really. Yeah, no. I mean, well, we'll unpack that too. Yeah, we'll but, unpack that. but um, no, but I, but I do think that as a concept, I think that prayer is real. And what we're seeing is that it's scientifically being validated. So whether you want to believe it's coming through God, through Jesus or, 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 or Muhammad, or, or, or actually not Allah, it's not Muhammad because Muhammad was the prophet, but through Jesus, God, through, through, a, or a, just spiritual a, a energy God, or, or just spiritual energy. Or by the way, even if you're just a total atheist and all you believe in is science, there's science behind it. So yeah. there's something there to just you appreciate. gotta believe in something. There's something to appreciate behind that. And I and mm -hmm. I think it's worth all of our time to allow ourselves to investigate that and really unpack that idea, yeah. whether you're a spiritual person or not. And I do, and from my perspective, I'm both a spiritual person and a person of science. And I really think that all of the evidence is there, enough for me to go, it's real. There's something real there. And it's not just for the person that we are praying for, it is for the collective, it is for our collective collective edification as yeah. human beings. Do you guys hear that? What, what he's saying in a nutshell, <laughs> layman's terms right here, folks. I'm going to give you layman's terms. He's saying that it's science to actually, It does. it's not just good for the person that you're maybe praying or thinking about or, or giving this energy and thought to, but it's actually good for you. It's good for the mind. And what he's saying is it's science. These guy like Joe, guys like Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza. Yeah, and go and, check it out. Uh, you know, well, check it out it. on your own. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. but look, it's, it's, it can't be a bad thing. I have friends that are, are atheists and they're like, I don't believe in God. I'm, I'm atheist. I go, I don't believe you're an atheist. You may not believe in God, but I don't believe that you're an atheist. They're like, what do you mean? I go, I just think that you have to have belief in something. I don't think we could survive if we don't. You have to have faith in something. Yeah, but but by definition, atheist it, means no God. Uh, no God. I mean, it's right. like, you know, so they are. You can't take away. I don't. I, I, by the way, there are atheists who are starting, who are starting to fuck with the definition of atheism and say it's almost like agnosticism and i don't think that's fair i think i don't think that's fair to agnostics like so you think it should be black or white it should be this or you, no you, no 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 what i'm saying is that if you believe in a particular faith deity religion right. whatever that's you that's how you define yourself okay if you want to define yourself as an atheist by all means that's your prerogative and your life and whatever but as an atheist own that that means I am choosing to not believe in God. I am making the, I, a person of faith chooses to have faith yeah. in that God. I guess God. that's what I'm trying An to say. An atheist chooses to have faith in the lack of God. Their, their decision is, they don't have, because they don't have any proof, right? We don't have any proof one way or the other. So you are, like you're saying, you have to have faith in that. But they are, by definition, they are taking the stance, I do not believe uh, so therefore I believe in no God. I don't believe in God. So therefore I, I, I believe in no God, right? That's atheism. What I don't like, and, and well, and then quickly, and then agnosticism is just the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know one it's way or the other. And the I'm, doubt. Sure. Whatever. I, I, I doubt it's the middle there's... ground. It's that middle ground. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, I feel like all of us ought to be a little bit more like that because I think that anytime human beings say, Oh, I've got the answer. It is one of the most arrogant things that ever comes and out dangerous. of our mouth. It's so dangerous and it's full of so much hubris and the power that comes behind one's ability to then convince other people of whatever the fuck you believe. Yeah, that's, that's, like that, that's the that, thing. That's where shit gets really wacky. And I think that if we all had a bit more humility in this world and in this life, we would all be a bit more agnostic because what the fuck do we know? We don't know fucking anything. We are these itty little teeny bitty things. Yeah. How many societies have been ostracized, murdered, 
all through like what I think is yeah. right and you're yeah. wrong yeah. and you will die. No, I think I think again, I wasn't there at the inception of any of these religions. <laughs> I don't know, but but I but I think that like most things, mm. most I, I don't maybe not most, but but you had you had people that were trying to figure some shit out. I mean, you go back far enough. We were tribal, shamanic. You know, mm-hmm. there are still some of those peoples now, but it was way more. We were all much more. There was more mysticism in all of it, which is the cool shit. That's yeah. the spiritual shit. Mm-hmm. That's by the way. You know, there have been mystics of all the religions, and the mystics all get together and hang out. They don't hate each other. You ever, I think I've talked about the enneagram on this podcast mm-hmm. before, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that all comes from mysticism of all the religions it was the the jewish christian muslim buddhists like all of those mystics basically all agreed that the enneagram was a real thing it was they weren't all attacking each other and being like well i don't believe in your version of god they're all like okay we all have these different opinions we'll table those for now but look at this fucking cool thing holy shit this is some real shit right so I do think if you go back far enough, you had, you know, much smaller groups of people that were trying to find understanding and, 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 and not just understanding, but have appreciation and gratitude toward the existence that they had and the connection they have to the universe as a whole. And also they weren't like, they would see things in the sky, like shoot across the sky and not know, think it's some other, what is that? Is that a God? Possibly, is that a God? Yeah. So yeah, there was yeah. a lot of just like uncertainty. Put a, put and, a pin, put a pin in, in comments though, because I actually want, I, but I also want to get back. Like we're going down. A, uh, we're already going down a rabbit trail. Yeah. But I want, I do, I definitely want to get. I, there's something I do want to talk. Yeah. About. Well, well, so let's remember these. Put a pin in in meteors, comets. I want to. I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, going co- coming back just really quickly to just tie 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 um, a ribbon on something. If you're atheist, you're be- you are you are believing in not God. If you're if you are religious, you are believing in God. If it, but I don't think as an atheist because I've seen a lot of I've seen not a lot of, I've seen some. Uh, arguments that atheists are making and basically calling themselves agnostic. And it's like, well, then call yourself agnostic. Then say you don't know. There's not enough evidence to prove one way or the other. Yeah. But it, to call yourself an atheist, it's like, you're saying, no, I believe not God. I'm believing in the end. And, and again, you do you. I have. I really don't have any um, desire to try and uh, move somebody off of that if they don't want to move sure, off of that. Sure. But I will always want to talk about what I believe to be evident in this world in a very real, tangible, Mm -hmm. visceral, scientifically, you know, um, governed world. These energy things are real. They are real and they are, and they are markable. We are, or remarkable. They are, 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 um, uh, what am I, uh, uh, calculable. They are measurable. They are, there's data that can, that can support these things. And I think it's in all of our best interest to collectively go down that road and figure out what that is, because I think that's where all the good good is. That's what the good good is. The more collectively we can all be on that same page. Yeah, I also think that, look, I don't know a lot about religion. I couldn't even start talking to you about my own religion. I'm I'm not religious. I was bar mitzvahed. I probably did it for the money. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I respect my religion. Uh, You know. You do make a lot of money at a bar mitzvah. Well, you you did, but I think my dad You know, I... You think your dad kept it? I think so. I'm not, I don't remember. No. no I used no. to I used to DJ weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs. I could see parties. that. You sing and all that. Dude. But listen, I it's so weird. Maybe I'm just a feeble-minded, uh, not incredibly educated, sort of just averagely smart intellectual person. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm creative. <laughs> maybe. But look, <laughs> I, I'm a very creative person. But I also think I just sit there and I think, and this is there's no scientific proof. There obviously. But I just keep rewinding, rewinding to the beginning. And I keep saying, so it just, it all just happened. That's what I keep going back to. It all just happened. We did. 
just single cell organisms. And then it kind of became, and, and that's just it. There's, there's no reason. And we, then we go, fast forward millions of years and we just, and we're just all evolving. And then there's other species out there and there's other, and this was just, no one thought about this. No one said, this is what, why is there? But first of all, people say, why is there blackness? Why is there even blackness? Why was blackness created? Like, you mean the void? You're talking the about the void. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, not, no, got it. Not, yeah. No, I but like right, the right. void. Okay. Well, who created the void? Why is there nothing? Why is there, there shouldn't be anything if there's nothing. Right. So where did the void, what, what, but then what space does the void even, even exist in if there is right, no but space? Then what yeah. contradicts that, or, you know, makes me think like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Cause I go all the way back and then I go, okay. And then there's, there's God. And then God did it all and created yeah. darkness and the void. And, right. and then the, the earth, all these planets crashed and meteors and it created earth over millions of years. And then dinosaurs and ice ages yeah. and all this shit until yeah. we are here now. Yeah. I'm like, who created God though? Right. It just keeps going fucking back, dude. So I don't know. All I know is like, it's fucking, the great celestial chicken and egg. And I don't know why, but it's, it's sort of how I just feel. Yeah. And some people don't feel that at all. And they're like, yeah. no God, there's this movie called 30 days a night. And there's these vampires. Mm. And the only lines they say in the whole movie is one, two words. The woman goes, Oh God. And the vampire looks at it and goes, no, no God. God, no God. That's it. They don't say another word. Anyway. Don't they say there is no God? No, no, Just God. no God. No God. No God. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's even more terrifying. It's creepy. Yeah. But listen, I do want to get, because we can go on about this, and I, you know, and I, and I want to go not? on about it. I mean, that's why I'm here. I, I know. But, I, but I, <laughs> what I do want to say is, you know, when I was thinking the question was like, how have you changed in the last 10 years? Yeah, Zach? Yeah. Um, but the reason I said it is because I wonder how Zach would have uh how he would have been affected by his dad being in the hospital and dying and all these things going oh, on oh, oh. if this was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Like how much have you evolved yeah. or how much have you gotten mentally stronger yeah. to make you give you coping abilities and not to say you can prepare, but sort no, understand. of understand, understand what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. No, totally, totally. What's the, di like, what's the difference? Well, I mean, listen, look, it, and I've said this before on the podcast, it all starts with self-love. All of it, all of it. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm generalizing here. <laughs> maybe um but what does self-love have to do with well that? let me get there all right all right, all right. bros and bomb oh, jesus gosh. so listen <laughs> listen listen in order for us i believe in order for us to to have deep amounts of patience fortitude grace uh, kindness strength confidence decision making in that from that confidence all of all of the attributes I believe all of the attributes that are really the attributes that we're seeking, that we want peace. We're all really, ultimately, we want to fucking feel peace. We want, we don't want to be in a state of fight or flight, which we're all in all the time. Our mm. society is built for it. Put a pin in that shit. But uh, in order to feel all those things on the best, deepest, healthiest level, it starts with you believing that you deserve to feel all those things on that level. And if you don't love yourself, truly love yourself, then you don't make that space, not the time, not the energy that you put toward yourself, not the, again, you have to practice all those things with yourself in order for you to practice them well with others you on, know, the, on you, the deepest level. You know who talks about that in their book? You. Me. <laughs> yeah. Your book. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which is awesome. Which, by the way, Thanks, you guys man. should get it. Where do they get the book? Uh, Radical Love. You can get it online. Anywhere. It's uh, Well, unfortunately, it's still not international. I, 
I, I, for anybody who is watching the podcast from outside of the U.S., I've been trying to get HarperCollins and and the folks to figure out how to get it to other countries because it's just not available. Uh, particularly, um, even if it, at the very least, getting the Audible uh, or the book to other English speaking countries. Because you read, you're the audio. I do. I, do, I read the audio. Yeah, yeah I read. Uh, I read the audio. Um, but. It, I wanted to, I want to get it even translated. I understand that there are costs associated with doing all the translation and the markets have to warrant that. Like, you know, there have to be enough people calling up their book companies in Brazil or Italy or wherever and or saying, yeah, right. yeah. And saying, Hey, we really want this book. And then if there's enough of that demand, then they, har- they call Harper Collins. I'm like, yo, we got a lot of people that want this book. Um, but at the very least, there's no costs in translational translational costs to go to other English speaking or even even countries that have a lot of English speaking people in them. If they want to, sell. you know, it's easy. Right. There's no, there's, just make it available. It, it, it's digital for God's sake. I mean, it's like it's not you radical know, love, radical love, yeah, radical. Love. And so, all right, so get back to to right, loving right. yourself, right, to right, loving right. yourself, right, and these right, right. to in order. You're so, saying in order to do all these things, to have a peace and and strength for all these things. I don't, you, yes, you I don't. Have, I don't see how it works any other way. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Senolytic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it, but uh, I tried Qualiacinolytic and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this, so that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. But don't you think that I look around me and I hate to use celebrities as an example, but I see a lot of people that I'm like, they don't love themselves. They're horrible people. They're whatever. And they're successful and they're doing all their things and they're walking on people and they don't give a shit. What do you think they actually love each other that love themselves? I don't think success and self-love are the same the mutually or, or they are mutually exclusive or, you know what I mean? Like there are. I mean, it's unfortunate. I wish karmically that the world worked faster, mm-hmm. that the, that our existence worked faster. I wish that people doing shitty things felt the brunt of that shit faster. Oh, yeah. It would course correct a lot of people a lot a lot more quickly, I suppose, you know, and may, maybe make it. But that's just not how it works. And, and so, yeah, you could be very successful and be a douchebag. You could be very successful and treat people very poorly. And very successful and not love yourourself. Yeah, sure. Yes. Wow. Yeah, of course. But, but I, but I don't think again, success is, success is a great marker. Sometimes I think I've become more, every time I go and actually truly show up for myself, uh, um, love myself, look at areas of my life that I need to like, yo, I need to be smarter about this. I need to be stronger about this. I need to be better about this and I need to do it. And I need to keep that promise to myself. Every time I do that in my life, that's when really wonderful things happen. So I do think that success can be a marker of you loving yourself of doing the work that real work, the internal work that you need to do. Right. I I agree with that. I think that I I really believe that being, I'll just say that being a good person and being generous and being humble and um, altruistic and all these things, it, if nothing makes you just feel better and makes you love yourself. I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful, but I guess what I would, I would even go a step further and say, focus less about being generous and focus more about uh, about again l- loving yourself and and accepting yourself and the more you're able to do that the more you're able to do it with other people the more the more you're willing to accept that like oh my god i i i fuck up all the time and there are so many things that i would rail and you know like uh, my self talk was so bad and all that jazz and as soon as i just started saying like hey it's not your fault it's, you know like straight up out of jerry Maguire or um no of a goodwill hunting uh, you know robin williams looking at at, at will hunting and saying uh, at uh, matt Damon, it's not your fault it's not your fault that's true but that means it's true of everyone every single person it's every true of everyone person. so and, you're and, saying and so and so hear me out so, right, hear me out. so, hear me out. so the internal work is recognizing that you want to be generous Yes, generosity as an act is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. And everyone should do it. We're almost regardless of your motive. Go be generous. And by the way, generosity uh, uh, um, then, uh, you know, um, uh, brings out gratitude. And, you know, gratitude, scientific. Bro, know, it's so cool. If you watch, not even if you are practicing gratitude. Brain changes. Dude, if, if you watch someone else show gratitude, it's almost more powerful than you, your own gratitude practice. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. If you watch a, you know, somebody help it's an old lady across- you see it, you well, feel sure, it. And you, but, and, and, you, and it encourages it in you. You are seeing an example in the wild and go, that is good. That is good to do. But, and you yeah. watch somebody walk an old lady across the street and you see the old lady, oh, thank you so much. 
that's hugely powerful for your own edification, your own. But, but I'm gonna, but, I just want to cut you off but, real quick. Okay. And then remember what you're going to say. Because otherwise I'm going to forget this. Yeah. But unfortunately, and you could help me out here, I feel that in order to love myself, mm-hmm. I just, if I'm more giving and I'm more generous and I'm good to people and maybe I'll, I'll feel that maybe I'll love myself more. And unfortunately that doesn't work. And that's what I'm saying. It's not, that's an outside in approach. I know, but I, 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 I try to find that because I, my analogy would be, this is a bad analogy, but like, let's say you're, I'm, I'm not, but let's say you're, 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 uh, let's say in your life, you've killed some people. Okay. And nobody knows about it. Right. I haven't killed anybody, by the way. <laughs> this is a bad analogy. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I, but I'm you've, tracking, killed, I'm you've killed people. And then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to kill anybody anymore. But I can't love myself because I've killed before. Okay. Does that make sense to you? It does. I don't. That's a, that is a end of a spectrum that I have a very hard time. I think I'm a. a pr- well, don't I, use kill. Use, uh, let's just say, um, let's say. No, I've, no, no. It's fine. Well, I understand or, what you're saying. You say what I'm saying. You I totally understand, understand what you're saying. Understand? Yeah, no, no, okay. no, I, I, I get it. So how does someone love themselves when they know some of the things they've done aren't lovable? Well, let me go. Next book. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me finish the, the next book. Let me finish this thought first. The, okay. the reason I'm even bringing that up about is because I think it is, it is far more, uh, um, when you work from the inside out, the, the, the generosity flows out. You're not trying to be generous to be a good person. You become a good and and good and bad person. I I, I mean, healed, more healed, Mm -hmm. more awake, more aware, more, more capable, all of that, you know, but when you become more of that by loving yourself, by radically accepting, forgiving and loving yourself, then what happens is automatically you recognize as a logical person, hopefully you're a person uh, you know, that exercises logic, that in order to apply that to you, you have to apply it to everyone else because this logic is the same. We are all products of our environment. That is the fucking logic. That's what it is. So if you are a murderer, I don't know why you've killed people, but every scenario- I haven't killed no, people. I know. I know. Yes, I know. The okay. proverbial okay. Yeah, yeah. I. The, the royal we. The royal um, we. The editorial we. <laughs> you know, this is a very complicated case model. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> stay away from my special lady friend. Listen, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. The, so you have to, by logic, you have. So, you, so if you're a murderer, I would say chances are you've killed because of whatever programming you got in your life from birth to the point that you killed. And that doesn't excuse it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse any of it. Yeah. It explains it. And we should all want the explanation because the explanation gives us the why. And the why allows us to see the human inside of the murderer and not dehumanize them at the same time. And in if being able, we can do that. We can see the human in there. We can still hold them accountable but have grace for them and love for them. Now, some say, well, they had a fine childhood and, you know, Dom or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Listen, there are sociopaths and psychopaths that are born into this world. There mm-hmm. are, there are. And they required very little or maybe maybe even no abuse that led them there. But I would say that that means they were still born cellularly, molecularly, biologically. They were born with a, you know, a little Something off. They're off. Screw loose. They still inherited that shit. It wasn't their fault. It, which doesn't excuse Dahmer going and fucking literally murdering people and eating them. Crazy, horrible. That's evil right. shit. That's I get evil you. shit. You're not, you're not. But the essence, the, the the kernel of where it all started is supposed to be 
a far better existence, hopefully, for every child as they come into the world. And so they don't end up in that place. But even if you don't end up becoming a murderer, it's a it's the whole scale. Your programming leads you to be this or that or whatever, all the way up right. to these far extremes. And all of it is on that same place of, guess what? Yes, you're responsible for your actions. You must pay consequences for your actions, but you are not actually at fault for, if we're looking at some like larger moral sin versus, you know, not sin or whatever, like guys, yes, there's sinful acts and there's evil acts and, and all that shit, but you have to, we have to recognize that people are all, it, it sounds crazy, but everyone's doing the best they can with the tools they have at that moment. So, so, yeah. so, so hear me out. So hear okay. me out. So I told you this would be heavy. So you do that work. You're, if you're doing that work on yourself, that means in order to really do the work on yourself, that means you have to. It forces you to look at your parents, to look at your family, to look at your friends, to look at your enemies, to look at anyone, look at your other people and other places in the world and whatever, even historically, and look at them all as children of God, of the universe, of we're all, we're all, they started and got fucked. They started and got fucked in a way and I can have grace with them. I can have peace with them. And I think, and again, not absolving them of their responsibility, right. but understanding that there's way bigger, deeper things going on. And when we can do that deep work, guess what? You want to be generous. You want to be loving. You want to be patient. You want to be kind. You want those people to understand that you see the human in them because that's the way we get them back. That's the way that they become the better version of who they are. And we can't do that. Truthfully, we can't do that. With authenticity, we can't do that unless we've loved ourselves first. So have you gone through this? Have you gone through a part where there's, listen, have you ever thought when you're talking to your therapist, when you're talking to, when you go on that um, rehab center like that sure. I went to, yeah, yeah. and we went away and we talked to people, was it easy for you to say, I, there's nothing this is like, is it, was this your belief? There's nothing you can say right now. Nothing will make me love myself. I cannot love myself. I, there's nothing I can do. I just don't feel like I, I am worthy of loving myself. Yeah. Have you ever thought that? All the time. Like, I mean, I, yes. Well, yeah, that's what drove me to that place right. to begin with. I didn't want to live. Yeah. I didn't, but, but I also didn't even understand, really, truly understand what self-love was. I didn't understand what love was. I was 37 years old. I really didn't understand the concept of actual love. I understood whatever I thought love was, mm -hmm. you know, and I think we all have ideas of what we think love is. And still, it's a very amorphous, you know, uh, beautiful, powerful, amazing, amazing word, term, definition, entity, energy. Love is, powerful. love is, love is like the highest vibrational level of God. Like it's where we, I think we're all being pulled toward where we're all supposed to be walking, but we can't love if we're still shaming. We can't love if we're still shaming, if we're still hating, if we're still afraid of each other because of all the bullshit that we've been programmed to believe to be afraid of each other that breeds that hate. You know what I mean? It's, it's so, it's so sad, but again, that's, but guess what? You're not able to be programmed with hate if you've already filled yourself with what real love is because you identify the charlatans you know when people are trying to just rile you up to be angry with someone else for a thing that that other person's afraid of it, it's insanity mm -hmm. but so you become more aware in all of that mm -hmm. so to wrap all that up then to come back to your question about like my dad 10 years ago 
If this was happening 10 years ago, so many different variables would be going on. My dad would have been living in North Carolina at the time. Um, Your mom would have been alive, right? My mom would have been alive. My sisters would, uh, one would have been married. Neither of them would have, would have had any kids. Right. Um, uh, it was 2022, 2013. I would have just had been finishing Chuck. Was not, by the way, in a, in a very good place. Well, I wasn't in the worst place. I, I, had a, I had a ways to go down into the darkness from, well, all, all along that time. But were you ready for... Well, listen, I would, have been, I would have been okay. I mean, I'm okay right now. I love my dad, but my dad wasn't in my life, my whole life. I mean, really, I saw my dad two weeks a year and we would talk on Sundays sometimes for like five, 10 minutes. My dad would call it swapping howdies. And not that my dad wasn't there to give me wisdoms along the way and love along the way and encouragements and stuff and i and i'm very appreciative but why what why was it so intermittent well because my mom and dad divorced when i was six and then my mom remarried my stepdad and moved us up to seattle my dad's job was relocating to north carolina and my dad was like well i guess i'll only see the kids a little bit anyway and he fucked off and went to north carolina and he worked for that company for another like 25 when years did you forgive him or have you obviously you have oh yeah well i think that i forgave my dad i, I mean it's a process you know, like healing is a process. Yeah. It's not always like, and I forgave him then. It's like, I, I am forgiving. I am healing. It's a journey. And that's okay. It's actually kind of beautiful in that way. You know, and the, the pressure of like, I got to get to this monumental moment. And look, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is this massive moment. Uh, or or at I've least moments. moments. Yeah, and they're moments. so cathartic. I mean, even when I flew in, my dad's health took a real bad turn last week. Uh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before I was supposed to come to LA and be here uh, for a little bit anyway, starting on the 18th. But my sister texted me two Thursdays ago and she's like, yo, can you get here now? Because we're not even sure dad's going to make it through the night. And so I flew to LA and I got my rental car and I was driving from Ventura to LA and I just you know, kept the radio off. It was a drive I knew very, very, very well going from LA to Ventura and Ventura to LA. Right, That's where right, I grew yeah. up. And I, you know, and, um, and I've had a lot of journeys up and down the 101 and no radio on and just like lost in thought and really kind of meditation. You know, when you go to that kind of flow state of thought, you're almost kind of in a meditative state. And that brings a lot of like, um, I don't know, like almost a, then they can bring on almost like a prayer state, like a connected state. And then that opens up catharsis and that opens up empathy. And I just cried. I just drove and I cried. When was this? On two Thursdays ago. I just drove just and I cried. cried. Yeah. What were you, you know? thinking about when you were crying? I don't know. Just like, like. Did you ever think of like, of what could have been or it could have been different? Nah, I, do you I, not do that? No, I let go of that a long time ago. You do. Ago. Okay. You have to. You have to. I mean you don't have to you can hold on to shit for the rest of your life but let me tell you yeah. it, it's not worth it and the reason why we hold on to it is because we we're still living in this place of like but it you know what it should have could us like you got to let go of the fucking what it should have could us they didn't bottom line there is no and we will and we'll makes i mean me so i still do i still do so sad what it just hearing you say that not not even about you or me yeah, yeah. but of, of letting go of the what it should have could us yeah, it's almost like, of course, you have to. It's yeah. unhealthy. But at yeah. the same time, when you let go of that, there really is no hope. But there's o there's o only reality. And sometimes reality is not as good as false hope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I don't I, know either. Maybe I shouldn't have said I that. Think, no, no, oh, no, no, not at all. Listen, that, you're absolutely entitled to whatever that, that thought is. It's an interesting path down that thought process. You know, we're just, we're just unpacking ideas. I want to get to where you are because... 
my uncle said something to me. She, he said, uh, you know, you're, you see a therapist, right? <laughs> I go, yeah. And he goes, good. I just think, you know, you should be talking about your mom with, I go, well, I always talk, you know, I talk about my family, you know, obviously, you know, not as much anymore, but like, she's like, yeah, I just, I, I don't know how it's going to affect you when your mom passes. And, um, that hit me really hard because I thought, I don't really see her very often and I've given her everything. I bought her a house and I've helped her and constantly. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just, it's a, you know, I, I love my mother, but I'm not, but you know, it's so yeah. weird. Yeah. And I started to think like of getting that call, like someone calling saying, Hey, you know, your mom passed. And even saying that I get a little numb Yeah, and I don't know how I'll deal with it because there are certain things between my mother and father, between me and my mother, myself and my father that will never ever be resolved because of of really good reasons and and a lot of people say there's no good reasons they're all all reasons there should be no reasons you should always clear the air you should always say it's it's i know i sound they're just two people that i can't really get close to i just can't you don't need to i love them and i'm i'll do anything for them but um, it, it's just hard to really, I, I don't feel vulnerable. I can't open up and they won't. And Michael, it doesn't feel real. You don't need to. So I just, I worry about myself, you know, when the time happens, if I'll be okay. Well, I, I would encourage you to, I would encourage you to recognize that, um, again, the more you go and work on you, the more you'll be able to radically accept, forgive and love them. Okay which still does not equate to you have to be close to them, which still does not equate to you have to just give them carte blanche access into your life in any way, shape, or form. Not, none of those things equate to each other. You know what I'm saying? It, and it's not about that. It's not a, it's not a, being able to, I think, being able to handle a death or really anything you know, involving any of this kind of stuff, the, the, the best way to be able to handle it is it's not that, it's not that you have to somehow get everything healed so much that you're close again and you're like, oh, I love you. Like, like oh my God, like that kind of love. That's not what it is. You have to, you have to uh, relinquish this idea that you're responsible for them, first and foremost. Mm. You're not responsible that, for them that's it. At, at all. Um, uh, so, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we have some responsibility as human beings to one another, but like up to whatever that responsibility is, um, up, to, up to that point, that's not yours to, to that's not your burden to carry anymore. I always anymore. feel a burden with, with many things because I, I just have always right. been. Okay. But then that's all my those, problem, right. But that's something you need to be working on. I know that is a big thing you need to be working on. Cause you're just, you're carrying a load. That's not yours, but with your parents, with anything else in your mm -hmm. life, understand what's yours and understand what's not. That is one of the first rules of loving yourself. That's boundaries. That's boundaries. So, so you, you've got that. But then also recognize that I think that the hardest seemingly, I mean, I, I can't think of something else, but like seemingly the hardest thing about losing someone in your life is if there hasn't been not the repairing of the relationship, but the healing of the heart, the healing of the heart. Don't be stressing about, I need to repair this relationship. Go heal your heart. And when you heal your heart, the way that you will see your mom when she ultimately passes will be a healthier, happier, more peaceful heart to take on that entire experience, whatever that's going to be at that point in your life. 
That's how you prepare for it. I feel like I'm, I, I, again, t- twofold. My dad wasn't really in my life. I, I love him. I mean, I talk about it in my book. I, you know, he's, he's been more a part of our lives in the last five, six years since he retired and moved out to LA and then moved to Ventura. But I, effort. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and his heart has always been, I really believe in the right place. I really do my, I do think my dad's heart's always been in the right place, but my dad and my mom, they came together to create me and my sisters. And I'm grateful for that. But Lord, they did not belong together as that's, a relationship. That's how I feel about my and, family. And, exactly, and exactly. it really, and it, you know, and, and, and I've been able to look at my dad since going through a lot of this therapy, I've been able to look at my dad through the lens of recognizing that he was a product of his environment and just seeing the little boy in him, just see the little boy, look at your mom and see the little girl in her, look at your dad and see she the hasn't little... grown up since 16 years old. Well, bro. Okay. She's the same person. Okay. But, 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 but go, uh, there you go. And recognizing that, oh man, what is, oh, like, let your heart break for that. It has. Yeah. And then in that, you, then you go, oh, there's some grace. There's some empathy. There's some love. There's some, there's some things. But there's also manipulation. Bro, but listen, understood, but that's not, understand that the manipulation is her trying to survive. Mm. You, manipul- my mom was literally the I mean, a master manipulator, like, oh my God, like she could fucking sell uh, ice to a fucking Eskimo. You know what I mean? Like it was incredible the way that she could pull on people's heart. I mean, eventually that people started, you, you, hopefully people start recognizing the manipulative games and they all start burning bridges and all that shit. You know what I mean? Which was really sad for my mom was hard, but she wasn't manipulating people because she wanted to be a bad person. Your mom is not manipulating you or anyone else because she's actually like twisting her Machiavellian mustache and being like, no, she's manipulating because she's trying to fucking survive because that's what she learned. That's all she knows. Which doesn't absolve it of or her of her responsibility and the and the consequences of it, which means you don't have to have a relationship with her, but heal your fucking heart and heal it by recognizing that. It's not intentional. It's not personal. It's none of those things. She's just scared little girl. Bro, we're all just scared little kids. All of the ways we hurt other people, all the bullshit that we do in the world. It's just a scared little kid in there, it, which sounds fucking, again, woo-woo-y and no, it's, whatever. It's but but I mean, honestly, if you just break it down on a psychological level, fucking Freud and Jung and all of it, the, they all say the same goddamn thing, basically. They, they point to the same thing. Those guys were really, really smart. Jung, I think, particularly. And all, I mean, by the way, so much of this stuff, you can look back at, you know, like uh, um, stoicism. I mean, there's so many of these wisdoms that are even found in that kind of stuff. But really, the way that the human psyche has been broken down and we understand how we work, if we really all went by that as the North Star and we took that as real textbook science and we all looked at each other through the eyes of that, holy shit, this world would be so much better. But again, not just the science, with the love. You know, you got to go with that love. It's not just uh, even recognizing that somebody is a scared little child. It's having a love for that child. It's recognizing that they are deserving of the love that they didn't get, which is why they are. I think that's why you and I understand each other. You it's it's amazing hearing you because it's it's like you're telling me everything that's so obvious, but I've never really heard it. So I've never heard this from therapists or your your analogy, not even your analogy, but the reality of what it is about that little girl and all these things. And it's just powerful. Like I've never received what I just received from you ever that made absolute sense. I don't know why. Well, because you're very articulate and you and you know this and you've lived this. But I I just it's it's so profound to me to hear that because. I just 
didn't understand it. I'll, I'll say things to my brother and I go this and this and my sister and we'll, you know, my brother and we'll just, and, and, but never has someone put it out there where it was a defend defending thing. It was more like, not that you're defending her actions or whatever, mm, mm. but defending that this is, this is her surviving. This is all that. I mean, it's just, it's, well, let me, it's insanely profound to me. Like I was looking at you just like, I felt like I wasn't even here. Like, this is one of the first times where I'm, I'm talking to you and yeah. I'm like, Oh, I gotta be the interview here. And I honestly was just like, well, Oh my God. Well, bless you, man. Thank you. And I, I could I, see you were getting a little emotional I, I, because well, you I were was, talking about was, you too, but, but as a kid, I, absolutely. But, but I'm going to, I, I, I think the, the reason why that might've felt different than other therapies or things, or maybe you haven't heard that or whatever. Um, is because, well, because of God. And, and let me explain. You go to most therapy, Privy Swiss. Privy Swiss was an incredible place to go. Incredible. And the battery of therapists mm -hmm. and, and professionals that helped me to get into a healthier place in my life and give me tools to go and continue to survive and thrive in my life. So grateful for that. But if were it not for... Beth in the book, her, her name is not Beth, but were it not for Beth, I know who you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Were it not for her and really breaking the protocol, the, the protocol that could have got her fired. And they, I'm glad that she wasn't. I'm glad that, that Heidi and you know, that everybody understood the, how important that was, but it, it, it took her loving, uh, by the way, a, a woman of God, a woman who is deeply spiritual and one of, honestly, one of the most empathetic, truly empathetic, not like, Oh, oh no, to, no, like, I know. Did you, you have another she meeting? Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, she yeah, feels yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. So you, know, so you know what I'm talking yes. about. So, so for her to take it upon herself to love on me and felt by God to do so, to pray for me, to love on me, right? That is a energy. That is love. Again, talking about the highest vibrational version of God. That is love as an energy that was being literally poured through her as a conduit to me, to me. And that, and that is the X factor, my friend, the X factor. And I think difference between going and just having clinical therapy and having perhaps in a moment right now, I got to be a conduit, by the way, I could feel it. it not, I'm not even kidding. When I, I find myself falling into these like really interesting slipstreams sometimes. And I, and it's like, oh, I'm not even talking right now. Like this is God talking through me. Like, I know I'm saying the words and I know I believe the words and they're, and it's because I've had these thoughts. But before. you believe them. So yes, 100%, right. bro. I believe them with everything in my heart. I feel like it's part of my entire calling in this world is to go and help people love themselves so that we can love each other. God damn yeah. it, man. It's like, it's, it's hard. It's so goddamn hard, but it's so simple. It's so simple. If we could just figure that out, if we could just get there. So I spent a lot of time thinking about this shit, you know? Yeah. So that's anyway. So that's my way of saying, if you're wondering why that felt different, it's be, I think it's because of God. I think it's in moments like that where I get to be a conduit to just speak something that I believe to be absolute fucking wisdom. It is absolute wisdom. It is absolute truth. It is absolutely what we need to do. And I was someone who was accepting it and believing everything. Amen. Like it was, totally. it, it wasn't just. We're having a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> Yes, but you do. That's what you do here, which is great. You get all kinds of therapy and, and, and wisdom and, is, and all kinds of though, because you have so many people come on and get to share the things that have helped them in their life, you know, yeah. and in doing so, helping everybody out there do it. It's this wonderful. This is just awesome.
Uh, so what's going on in your career, man? <laughs> Shazam is coming out March what? 17th. March 17th. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Know. Shazam 2. What's the what's it called? Shazam 2? Shazam 2 Electric Boogaloo. No, no, it's not. I wanted it to be, though. I really did. Um, no, Shazam Fury of the Gods. That's what it that's the name of it. And uh, um, yeah, it's super fun. Everybody should go. I mean, I have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You saw it. Yeah. You're smiling. It's, it's big. It's, it's big. It's, it's bigger great. than the first. Oh, it's significantly bigger in in production and scale and stuff. Yeah, but also heart. It's got heart. Well, it, it's got all all, and the first one did. It's got mm-hmm. all the. I mean, I know I'm biased. Clearly, I mean, I'm, I'm as the titular character of of a movie. It's very difficult to not be biased about your yeah. movie. But but I think I try to be as objective as I can mm-hmm. when I can, and. You know, look, I watched it. There's still things I'm like, oh, I would have done that different. Or if I, or if I had the edit, I, I like this take or that, whatever. But bro, holistically speaking, I mean, it's a better movie than the first one. It is. And the first one was a pretty darn good movie. So I think that... Um, <laughs> Taking pictures, just doing a, just, just, just doing a keep photo shoot in the middle of the photo of the podcast. That's fantastic. I, I was trying to be, um, you know, get some action. No, I, shots. You, bro, you do whatever you need to do. I love it. How about that? There we go. But I'm but, glad but yeah, you so, like so, it. So I mean, honestly, like I'm uh, chomping at the bit for people to go and see the movie because I really they're going think, to see. I it. really think. How are they not going to see this? I, I, I hope so. I believe so. I don't know, bro. I don't know. All none of this stuff is written in stone. You don't know right. these things. You just you got to humility gratitude and trust man be be humble to wherever you're at in your life and recognize that you are where you are and try to take that in for what it is always be grateful for what that is and trust i think in god in that higher power in that energy in 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 all that is in and through all things like the force trust that shit and recognize that the more work you're doing on yourself the better it's able to help guide you to those fucking dope places in your life you know those three things if the movie does well like great if it does really well fuck yeah if it doesn't i'd be i'd be i would be disappointed and i also be i'd be surprised because well, honestly, you wouldn't you'd be strong enough i hope so from the therapy oh, man, that you I wouldn't fall so. apart again. i hope so but you can't remember you can't that validation all these things it doesn't equate with real love and real or, or actual value as a human uh, value being. as a human bro, being it's hard you know it's hard it's hard but it's hard. you can't you particularly be- in our business it's real hard believe because it's me, so personal bro. i know it's so, yeah. it feels so personal yeah but anyway so yeah it comes out march 17th i think uh, radical love is the book radical you guys got to get that if you're mm. overseas just instagram him or tweet him <laughs> yeah. and he'll probably message you back and say oh get it here or have your friend get he's well, trying to get it yeah, overseas. We're, try- we're trying to figure it out right, right. and out. what else is going on what else uh, i did a movie called harold and the purple crayon that's based on the children's book that comes out in june at some point so that'll be really interesting and then um uh what else i don't know i mean there's work and things that are lining up for the year i'm gonna go do you do just want to do movies by the way now or would you do a streaming show uh, oh no I, to me it doesn't matter what the what the medium is so much as it, matter, it matters what the quality of the content is you know mm. like i was dying to be in the last of us like i i wanted to see it i haven't not yet but i've heard it's great i can't wait to watch it and i'm stoked for it. i listen the last of us video game first and second that whole franchise some of the best gaming i've ever had in see, my i've never whole, played that game oh so i'm not sure gracious, yeah. it's okay. but my uh my book buddy carter swan he's an executive producer i love you carter yeah. i'm very proud of him yeah i hope this thing blows the hell up oh, yeah. everybody's loving it oh yeah he hasn't he hasn't and returned neil my Druckmann, email so yeah fuck and, you. and neil Druckmann and 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 everybody at naughty dog and all the people that are behind the game like you know it's a and by the way it's a huge win for 
video game content because most series and movies that come from video games just haven't really been great. They, they're that's true. You know, it's not it's not been a very uh, successful um, transition, and which is unfortunate because they are so intrinsically connected. Particularly now that we have so many mo- movies and so much content with CGI and and video games are the video game engines are where they're building it. You know, I think we're we're starting to get into that transitional phase, which is which is great. First of all, I want to say thank you because. You're not only a great friend, even though we don't see each other a lot, I'm always there for you. You're always there for me. Anytime, anytime, unlike most of my friends, it's, uh, and I'm being honest, if I text him and I just say, how you doing? He'll send me like a three minute voice message of his voice and saying what's going on and how are you? I miss you. Like you always take time and you don't have to, because I know you're busy sometimes. It doesn't need to happen right away, but you're always... You've just always been such a great, great friend and great, great dude. You, if anyone deserves the success you have, they have, it's you, it is you. Um, you help people, you give so much love. I see your Instagrams where you talk to people and you talked about, talk about faith and you talk about loving yourself and you talk about, you're just genuinely golden. And sometimes I know you don't like, we we still fall back into the self-loathe and we don't, and you just, if, if you ever think that way, you have to just know that, uh, Look, if I like you, I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. But look, this has been this has been awesome. I never, I always want to have you on every Thanks, every year. I hope you'll come on and just. Well, you know I do. I love it. Up. You do. Listen, man. I, I, I first of all, thank you so much. That those words mean so much to me. Like legit, I, and I legit, mean, legit mean means so much to me. I, and I know you do, and that's why they mean something to me. You know, um, but. I've said it before on the podcast. I love coming on because of this, because of this very thing, because of, if nothing else, we, two people that genuinely care for each other and who care about unpacking big ideas can sit down and just pick, unpack big ideas. And that's why I love podcasts so much. You know, like it it really has given people an opportunity. Look, talk shows and all that stuff. Like that can be fun, I guess, but it's all canned. It's all like super like crunched. You know, you're doing a bit, you're doing a thing and that can be fun. But you don't actually have to get to have a real fucking conversation. And I think that's why, by the way, I think that's why podcasts have blown up. Because we need deeper fucking conversations. We've lived in this bite-sized, disposable content world. Next on Jimmy Kimmel, we'll talk to him for three minutes about nothing. About nothing, you know? And those are great. Yeah, but we're starved. Of course, of course. But we're starved for. We have been starved for real meaty deeper conversation and that's what yeah. podcasts provide and that's what yours provides in the spades i think the most so, thank you thank you and yeah. i think i think the one word if it's a word relatability that's a word i think people when they listen i think a lot of people go oh rosenbaum's got who's rosenbaum and he's got a celebrity podcast and but when people listen to it and they actually come to me and they spread the word they're like this isn't a celebrity th- this is like you're really trying to find something out to help someone who's listening or yourself or and and that's its purpose in a lot of way this this podcast has inadvertently yeah. given me purpose i never thought it was going to be a podcast about mental health or talking about adversity yeah, and no, anxiety no. Yeah. i never i thought it was just gonna be hey so anyway yeah, let's talk about and all of a sudden vulnerability hit and it opened up and and uh you're one of the people that really got this thing started from the beginning with opening up and talking about your mom and yeah. if you haven't heard the other episodes you're in for a treat i love you Thanks for allowing me to be inside you for the sixth time. Oh, man. And every time you're inside me, it gets a little bit easier. (laughs) And a little limper because I'm 50. (laughs) I'll see you later. Love you, buddy. Love you. Always good. Always great. He's he's been on more than anyone. He now tops the Stephen Amell and Welling as most appearances. Really? Yep. 
Huh? Um, you know, I think Jared's been on three times and Jensen, they've each been on three times. Mm -hmm. So they're up there. Um, who else? Who else has been on? Welling's been on like three, four times. You've had Erica Durant a couple times. Durant has been on twice. Uh-huh. Uh, Kristen's been on two or three times. Mm -hmm. Three times, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, thank you, Zach Levi. Uh, if you're just listening and you didn't listen to the intro, there's a lot of great stuff on there where me and Tom are going to be signing autographs and where to get our new CD and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. Um, but again, I couldn't do this without the top tier patrons who I'm going to read off now. So these are the top tier patrons, uh, patreon.com slash inside of you. If you want to join, if you want to give to the podcast and keep it going um, without you guys, I couldn't do it. Here we go. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Kristen Crook. No, Kristen K. Another Kristen K. Raj C. Raj, you've been here a long time. Hi, Raj. Joshua D. Jennifer and Stacy L. has been here. And Jamal F. And Janelle B. Kimberly E. Mike E. Eldon Supremo. 99 more. Santiago M. Chad W. Leanne P. Janine R. All these names. See, I read them off now. And it's just like they've been around for, I mean, years. It's It's insanity. That I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm saying it's insane how supportive and amazing you are. And when I read these names off, it's like you've been with me since the beginning. That it's 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 cool. I'm very lucky. And I and I really hope you're still enjoying the podcast. If not, write in and say, hey, you've lost it. It's just the the interviews. It's all about the interviews. So if you know if you like the interviews, uh, this other bullshit that I'm talking right now, like you know, in the intros, it's it, it's not as important as the information you get from the guests and i don't think anybody wants to really hear me babble on like i'm doing maya p maddie s belinda n chris h dave h sheila g brad d correct ray h tab with a t i'm gonna come to japan sometime right i will i'll see you and your husband and maybe your baby tom that was creepy tom n liliana a talia m betsy d hi betsy where are you are you zooming or what you're supposed to zoom with us and cancel you were sick. Chad B, Dan N, Big Stevie W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Camille S, Joey M, Eugene N, Leah. How's that little baby? Corey, Heather Locklear, Heather L, Jake B, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando C, Caroline R, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Emma R, Andrew M, Zadoichi 77, Andreas N, Oracle, Karina N, hi Karina, Amanda R. Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Lena82, Jarrell, Billy S, Jam and J, Leanne J, Luna R, Cindy E, Mike F, Stone H, Brian L, Cameron E, Katie B, Aaron R, Clayton J, Kendall L, Joel S, and Meredith I. Uh, I don't know what I would do. I, I couldn't do it. I, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thanks for supporting us. Ryan from the Hollywood Hills in California. I am Michael Rosenbaum. You're Michael Rosenbaum and I am Ryan Taylor. Mm -hmm. A little wave to the camera. We love you guys. Thanks for continuing to join us. Uh, be good to yourselves. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.